0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today.
1: After knocking out the champs, what would the Suns do as an encore? Will boxing gimmicks become a thing of the future? Plus, where do the Milwaukee Bucks go from here? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found Let's start with the biggest story.
1: First, they took down the defending champions, and then it was the MVP in Game 1, the Phoenix Suns, rode a monster second half to a 122-105 Game 1 win. Joining me now from Locked On Suns, Brendan Clean. And Brendan, in the second half, the Suns held Nikola Jokic to 3 of 12 shooting, and they outscored... The, the Denver Nuggets by 18. What was the difference in the second half? I
2: think
0: the Suns offense just got off to such a start in that quarter, that, that third quarter, that the, the, the Nuggets margin for error just got so slim. I think I went into this series thinking the Suns can get something besides the recipe of Booker, Aiton, and three-point shooting that they got in the Lakers series that Denver would have a really hard time keeping up. It turns out Chris Paul and Mikhail Bridges both came alive in that period, and I just think the Nuggets didn't have the firepower to, to kind of get it done with the rest of their role players struggling.
1: And it was uh, such a balanced effort by the Suns team. Four guys in the starting lineup score 20 um, Jay Crowder adds fourteen and he was he was, you know, making the three pointers that he has seemingly made all postseason. How sustainable is this formula, do you think, to to beating the Nuggets in this playoff series?
0: Well, sustainable because it looked a lot like what we've seen the Suns do, and I think the Nuggets offense is less of a formidable sort of opponent to deal with than the Lakers defense was. So I think you have to feel pretty optimistic if you're the Suns and Early in this game, we saw both teams trying to push the pace. It felt like whichever one could really dominate the tempo was going to win. Nikola Jokic is excellent at doing that. It turns out tonight, Chris Paul was just a little bit better at it. And I think the threes that the Suns were able to generate playing fast, pushing the pace, and the the finishes for Aiton, they just kind of it it cracked and I think Aiton or uh, the Suns and Aiton were the beneficiaries there and it feels like if if that continues then they will continue to control the entire games throughout the series
1: yeah and if you you're looking at it from a Denver perspective you're going okay well the Nuggets shot 14 of 40 on threes well the Suns shot 13 of 34 so they were only marginally better from deep it's not like you can chalk this one up to variance
0: no, not necessarily. I mean, I think like you said the numbers are pretty even. I think if you're if you're looking at the Nuggets side of things trying to find a reason to be optimistic, Michael Porter Jr didn't play up to what he can do and then the starting front court, or the starting backcourt for the Nuggets and uh Monte Morris, really all of their guards were missing shots that we know they just came off of a Portland series that proved they're very much capable of making. So that probably will flip more often than not, at least kind of regress to average. It won't be that ugly most nights. And so, yeah, the the Nuggets offense is still something to fear. If you're the Suns, they just uh, kind of stole game one in a really big way.
1: Yeah. Austin Rivers and Monte Morris are likely not going to go three for 17 in future games, but it's also not like those guys are Booker and Chris Paul. So that's a, that's a big advantage that Phoenix has locked on today is brought to you in partnership with odyssey that's a-u-d-a-c-y your new home for music news sports and podcasts download the all-new odyssey app today coming up will boxing gimmicks become a thing of the future that's next today's episode is also brought to you by rock auto buying car parts can be a major major hassle and it's something that is really only easy if you know exactly what you need And let's say you're a professional. Well, guess what? If you're not a professional, places might charge you up to twice as much. Why pay that markup? Rock Auto would never do that to you. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have a unique and remarkably easy-to-navigate catalog. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer, So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com.
0: Now, here's what you need to be Locked On today.
1: The Canadians were down 3-1 in the first round of the Maple Leafs before coming back and winning that series in Game 7. In the second round, they wasted no time beating the Jets. In four straight
2: Hey everyone, this is Laura Saba of Locked On Canadians. The Canadians have completed the sweep against the Winnipeg Jets, closing out the series at home, and are now kings of the North Division, kings in the North, uh, just as everybody predicted before the playoffs started. These Canadians have impressed everybody with how well they played in Game Seven against Toronto, as well as the four games against the Jets. It was unexpected, potentially, but they did everything that they needed to do, and even Game Four was a near-perfect game. The only mistakes coming with those two goals by Logan Stanley otherwise the Canadians dominated the game as they have all series they are the first team to head into the semi-final round there's gonna be some time to be anxious about the next series but now it's time to bask and celebrate in the accomplishment that the Canadians managed to pull off despite the odds, despite people's expectations. And there can be no complaints about any of the players on this team throughout this series.
1: Doesn't matter the sport. Apparently the Jets end up losing. The second round matchup between the Bruins and Islanders was tied 2-2 heading into game five Monday night.
3: Gil Martin of On Islanders here. Islanders hold on for a five to four win over the Bruins in Boston to take a three to two lead in the hockey game. Even though the Islanders were very badly outshot, they were able to pull this game off by playing Islanders hockey, and that is by being opportunistic. When they got power play chances, they cashed in three power play goals in this game, led by a strong performance, again by Matthew Barzal. Simeon Varmamov was spectacular, and even though they only had 19-20 shots in this game, the Islanders were able to make the most of them and then hold on for dear life against a determined Boston team.
1: Send your condolences to any friends who root for SEC schools. Nick Saban isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Luke Robinson with Locked On Bama. The story of the day is Nick Saban's contract and that that should be the story. He's gonna be coaching Alabama through 2029 according to this contract extension. Might be a little shocking if if he uh, coaches that long. However, don't put anything past Nick Saban. This is a huge win for Alabama and for Nick Saban, who's gonna be making roughly $10 million a year uh, for this foreseeable future. And of course, this is gonna help with recruiting a lot as well. Give some stability uh, there to show the recruits that yes, Nick Saban, despite the fact that he will be 70 this October, this Halloween, then he will be around coaching the University of Alabama for quite some time. So a huge day for Alabama, huge day for Nick Saban, and uh, boy, the SEC and the rest of the college football world, they let out a collective growth. Death, taxes, and Alabama beating your favorite team by 20. For the second time in his career and a decade apart, Tom Thibodeau is named NBA's Coach of the Year Monday. The New York Knicks coach who led the team he grew up watching to a 20-win improvement this season edged out Phoenix Suns coach Monty Williams by a total of 11 points while Utah Jazz coach Quinn Snyder finished third. It was the second time Thibodeau won the award in his first year with a new team after doing so with the Chicago Bulls in 2011. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for today on BetOnline.ag. The Atlanta Hawks look to keep their magic alive in Game 2 against the Philadelphia 76ers. After a stunning victory in Game 1, the BetOnline.ag line for this game is Philly giving 5. The second-round series between the LA Clippers and the Utah Jazz tips off tonight. The BetOnline.ag line for this game is Utah giving 3.5. For all of your NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoff, MLB, or golf odds, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
0: Here is another story you need to know.
1: Okay, I can't believe we are going to talk about this, but we are going to talk about this. A pay-per-view boxing match between Floyd Mayweather, And YouTube star Logan Paul was a sensation over the weekend. Joining me now from Locked On Bets and, of course, Locked On Raiders, your boy Q. Q, let me start with this before we get to the the ramifications broader from this. Was this sports to you?
3: No, no, not at all. Not at all. I didn't watch it. And the reason I didn't watch it is because I'm a fan of boxing. I'm a fan of the art of fighting. I'm a fan of the real deal guys that've been training their their tails off their whole life, like a Floyd Mayweather, to be into a big time fight with a guy like Floyd Mayweather, and not well what we well what not what we saw what was seen over the weekend. I mean, that's just to me that was a disrespect to boxing. So no, it was not a sporting event. That was more like a that was more like a WWE slash Jerry Springer slash Maury Povich all meet (laughs) together and have one big nasty baby.
1: here, here's the problem though, Q, uh, this is popular and yes. and the Paul brothers are popular and right. this is going to be potentially a way to get a younger audience into boxing. So as gambling gets, you know, more and more popular as the, the legality changes in a lot of states, I know that you and Lee over on Locked on Bets talked about um, a lot of different kinds of things and not everyone everywhere is going to be into those things. Could this be a way? Could this become a more common event to get the average person more excited about number one, gambling, but number two, boxing?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, with taking all my feelings out of it, yeah, absolutely. I do believe that it's going to draw an audience in because, Peter, the thing about it is there was a lot of people that watched it. It wasn't my cup of tea, so I didn't choose to to watch it or pay for it or even think about it until right now. But I'll say this, as a guy who just traveled and drove for about three hours, you know what I noticed on the drive is that everybody looks at – at car wrecks car wrecks you know why because it's a car wreck and that's exactly what that kind of a fight is it's a car wreck even though you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to keep driving the traffic doesn't slow down Everyone pauses and looks because well we want to see what happened well that's why people watch they want to see what was going to happen even though they knew it was a glorified car wreck
1: well what about the the Roy Jones Mike Tyson fight like is that kind of thing something that that you think you know would be more up your alley
3: It was up my alley. I I can't lie to you. I did watch that one. I did watch that one. I did buy that one. And it's because Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, and I was excited about those two. Even though it was an exhibition, I was so mad, but I, I again, I tuned in for the car wreck. And the car wreck, I anticipated being Mike Tyson not knowing how to hold back and not knock a dude out. So I thought Mike Tyson was going to at some point say, "Forget this exhibition stuff. I want to put this dude on his backside." Now it never happened, so I fell for the banana in the tailpipe, and I won't do that again. <laughs> but it was only it was Tyson. I mean, so I had to. I, you know, that's a warm spot, spot in my heart. Is Mike Tyson that used to be the glory days as far as I'm concerned I used to tune in to watch every Tyson fight that only lasted about 15 seconds but man it was the greatest 15 seconds ever so I had to watch that just because it was Mike Tyson and like I said it wasn't what I thought it was going to be I felt like I got duped at the end of it uh you know and he's talking about oh you know Roy Jones it was a great fight and he did a great job And I'm thinking that's not iron Mike Tyson he would never talk about an opponent like that but that's what we get in these exhibitions
1: Unfortunately, the reality is what I'm hearing, Q, is that we're old, man.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, that is the definite reality is that we are old and we don't like these kind of things (laughs) that uh, aren't, you know, aren't what our fathers used to watch and what we used to watch growing up. And, you know, we used to tell our our parents, like, hey, man, I'll never get old and you're so old and crabby or whatever like that. Yeah, yeah, we are. We've been there, done that. and, And we're here
1: now. So where do the Bucks go from here? Our Q of the Day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And they sent us this new flavor, grasshopper cookie. And I just, I'm freaked out a little bit because I am from the Midwest. Grasshopper cocktails are a thing that we love there. Grasshopper pie and my favorite flavor at my favorite ice cream place is their flavor of the day when it is grasshopper fudge. These things are unbelievable. They have these limited edition flavors all the time. They almost always sell out. Go check out Built Bar. And right now, if you need an incentive to do it for the first time, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off that first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 100% chocolate and yet we're talking about high fiber high protein, low carb low sugar, everything you want in a protein bar and guess what, now you can get it for cheaper with the promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at BuiltBar.com
0: Agree or
1: disagree
0: this is the Q of the day
1: After game one, the Milwaukee Bucks could have said, well, we just didn't make enough shots. One of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. Shoots under 20% for a game you're probably going to lose. Game two seems like the Milwaukee Bucks are just outclassed right now by the Brooklyn Nets. They lose 125-86. to Not a misprint. Joining me now from Locked on Bucks, Kane Pittman. And Kane, where does this Milwaukee team turn to try and get this turned around
4: it's hard to say i think generally if you go down to zero in a series you can take some positives to bring home with you at the moment through two games because even game one that was an eight point loss was not that close it's really really hard right now to find a single positive on either end of the floor from the buck so uh, whether or not they can wipe the slate clean and figure some things out but I don't know whether it's offense. I don't know whether it's defense. It's all over the floor right now. I mean, they they simply look like a team that is completely outmatched by the Brooklyn Nets.
1: What is particularly confounding about all of this is they looked so good against the Miami Heat team that beguiled them in the bubble last year. This was supposed to be their bugaboo team. A lot of people picked the Heat. And after the Bucks won that game, it was, oh, this, this might be the best team in the East. And now they come into this series there were people picking the Bucs to win this series. Right now, that seems pretty ridiculous given what we've seen through two games. So what do you think it was that that the Bucs could have done that they aren't doing? Or or what has not coalesced here for Milwaukee? Because a lot of people really did think they could won, win this series.
4: Yeah, one of the things that I mentioned a number of times on Locked on Bucks in the lead up to game one was that I thought when you look at, at the defensive personnel the Bucs have, they probably have the individual defenders that on paper give you as good a chance as anyone against this Brooklyn team. But the one warning that I continually said is try not to drink the Kool-Aid too much from that Miami series, because despite what you're hearing, that team is terrible. The Miami Heat are just a bad team. (laughs) And the Bucs took care of a bad team. And now you come up against the Brooklyn Nets. And I think we've seen the difference. The big thing that stands out to me, particularly defensively, is that against Miami, the two best players for the Heat in Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo allergic to shooting threes, which allowed Brooke Lopez to camp in the paint and be a dominant force in that series. We're seeing the Nets completely pick apart Brooke Lopez defensively in pick-and-roll scenarios, putting him in screen action, and the Bucs haven't counted that. So when you're coming up against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and not Butler and Adebayo, they're going to hurt you. So they're getting the Bucs into rotation, either pulling up and knocking down a shot or making one pass, and it's just practice practice shooting from the outside right now so it's and it's not an easy question to answer by the way i mean we're talking about the team that you know could quite possibly roll through and win the title with ease this year the scary thing is that james harden has played 43 seconds i
1: mean this team is ridiculous quickly before i let you go is coach bud coaching for his his livelihood in Milwaukee in this series.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he had a fantastic series against Miami. There's no doubt about that. I think he pulled uh, all the right moves right throughout. You could probably lose to Brooklyn in a series and still come away and think that, look, he did a decent job. But to this point, we haven't seen anything that indicates that he's not going to be on the hottest of seats if this continues.
1: And finally, Aaron Rodgers is not expected on the practice field when the Green Bay Packers open their mini camp Tuesday, making it the first mandatory offseason event that the discontented quarterback will have skipped. He is subject to fines over $90,000 if he does not show for the entire three-day camp, but his top weapons from last season will be there. Devontae Adams reportedly will be at the mandatory camp, according to an Adam Schefter report after he skipped OTAs, which again are optional. That means Aaron Rodgers' old wide receiver one could be getting in some work at minicamp with his future QB one if the Packers and Rodgers can't get this situation resolved anytime soon. The Packers are reportedly not likely to find Rodgers, and the next time he will be expected in Green Bay training camp later this summer. I wouldn't hold your breath for Rodgers to show up, at least for the start of that one, either. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked On Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Tuesday, can the Hawks keep
2: the magic alive? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.